Welcome back to Six Spot, everybody. My name is Simon. We've got Jacob here. Another episode of Six Pod. Uh, we are back after a week off, uh, midterm season. Just kind of getting uh, getting caught up with school. Jacob and I are both full time students. Um, but hey, sometimes we just got to do that. But we we know where our priorities are, and Six Pod is pretty much second. It's it's school. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and then, and then six pod in terms of kind of time yeah. allotment and stuff, but Jacob, what's going on? How are you? Doing pretty well, Simon. It's, it's a great day when you get to see the blue Jays back in action. So that's always fun. I even know if it's spring training, but still it's, it's exciting, especially after all the moves they made this off season. So yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing great today. How about you? Good, man. I felt, um, kind of empty. This past week, and then I uh, and then I kind of realized that it was due to not recording a podcast on last Sunday. So uh, it's good. Um, I'm feeling good. I think uh, really this is kind of our first episode. I know we've done a couple of these milestones, but this is our first episode where like all of the major teams have been in action for. Mm-hmm. All the, all the teams that we really care about, you know, we're not mm-hmm. looking at the uh, Argos or the, or the TFC. We're not a soccer pod. I don't even know. Do they still have games? Are they still teams? I, I don't know. I don't even know okay. what, like, I don't even know the months when they yeah. play. I feel yeah, like they're playing every month or I'm, or I'm hearing something. But um, yeah, so Jacob, I, I want to start off with taking a trip down memory lane here and you might have seen this on, on, on your timeline. I definitely, I did as a valued member of hockey, uh, hockey Twitter. And it was 11 years ago today when uh, Sidney Crosby scored the golden goal in, uh, in the Vancouver Olympics. So do you remember where you were when that uh, goal was scored and, and kind of I, I just t- t- talk me through that? I don't think I've heard where you were. Yeah, man, I was just, I was at my house. I was on my couch watching with my parents and a friend. And um, yeah, I just remember kind of jumping up, Sidney Crosby scored. I don't know, man. It, it, like you said, 11 years ago, it's more than, it's more, yeah, it's, it's crazy to say that's more than 10 years ago now. But yeah, I just remember sitting on my couch, jumping up, high-fiving people, stuff like that, and nothing to, Nothing too crazy, but how about you? What's I know you have some sort of super like formative memory here that kind of made Simon go towards hockey. So, um, I mean, even before that, I, I was a pretty big fan of of Crosby, um, just mm-hmm. kind of what he was doing in in Pittsburgh at the time. And I remember he not um, doing extremely well; like he wasn't Crosby up until that game like he had that you know a shootout uh shootout goal and, and whatever and he he was still super 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 good but like he didn't have like that moment or like what people thought he was going to be and and just that sheer dominance and um no that, like as time goes on i really think about just how like big of a moment that was um and no i i remember exactly i, I was at a friend's house and just on like the seat and the edge of my seat, just uh, trying to not freak out and super, super nervous. And um, it's crazy. Like, I think, like, I think he was born to like score that goal. Like that was such a cool moment to be in, in Vancouver in overtime Crosby scoring that like infamous, like Iggy yell by that pass. And I, I honestly think that, pass was better than that goal like the goal wasn't anything super special he didn't like snip or anything but it was like that uh, again the pass that was uh, super unreal but no I thought it was uh super cool and yeah what you said like that's crazy that it's been 11 years since that uh, goal I mean just like I don't I don't know I have the full roster in front of me Simon but I just remember that roster being so so cool to like to look at um Crosby, he was like, he was still young at this point. No, he was. Um, oh yeah, man. Like, how old was he? I don't know. I don't even. I eighteen, if that. 
I that's a guess. Um, but no, we had like okay, longer... no, he wasn't eighteen. How old was he? Um, I think I th- well, he was drafted in what year? Two thousand six, two thousand five. Yeah, I think it was two thousand five. So he didn't age backwards, Simon. Right. Um. So yeah, this this I'll just read off some notable names, um, if that's okay. So we got Berdur was the goalie, and then we had Luongo, who was also in his prime at this time. So I think Luongo was actually in net for that final game. Um, you had guys like Drew Doughty, Duncan Keith, Scott Niedermeyer was the captain of this team, Chris Pronger, um, Shea Weber, prime Shea Weber, and then you got a young Sidney Crosby, a young Patrice Bergeron, and then like you said, Drum McGinlow was on this team. Rick Nash, if anyone remembers how good Rick Nash used to be, we had our good friend Joe Thornton on this team, like Jonathan Taves. Like, I, there's just no weak points. Um, no, what am I saying? 18, he was 23. That didn't make sense. Yeah, my days so, were my days were gone off, but yeah, no, that's an unreal. Um, but if you so Crosby, he wasn't even the youngest on the team, I think it was Drew Doughty who was only 21 at the time. Yeah, 21 at the time, he was. Born in 89, but then you have players like Brodeur and Pronger and Niedermeyer who were born in the early 70s. So pretty cool to see. Like you had a couple different generations, right? Oh, yeah. And like the 2014 Sochi ones were were not even kind of like fun. Just because it like... Did they win? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's compare those two rosters real quick. Um it was this was sorry 2018 was the year they didn't have professional players right Correct. it was 2014 that they still had 2014 still the yeah going. the nhl the nhl had had an agreement for 2014 and they oh. just didn't yeah this team's good but i mean chris kunitz was playing on like the second line right and uh <laughs> i still yeah that 2010 team looks better like you got chris kunitz on this team matt Duchesne was good for a bit but like Next year's team man then. is looking unfair, but we'll, we'll we'll save that for another another pod. But yeah, did sorry just to yeah. refresh me, did they win again in 2014? Yeah. Okay, so but it wasn't like super it wasn't exciting. like a yeah it wasn't okay. like an overtime um, finale as as yeah. how it was in in 20 in 2010. But okay. uh, all right, let's talk. Let's kind of fast forward to current day. Uh, um, and I guess, you know, we are now in the midst of, of a pandemic and, you know, relatively speaking, Jacob, the Raptors have pretty much like kind of stayed clear of COVID-19 effects related to like game cancellations ex- uh, up until today, of course, obviously being like completely moved to Tampa. But aside from that, they haven't mm-hmm. had a cancellation today. Or they haven't had a cancellation up until this game's uh, up until this game. Yeah. But um, when um, we think that the virus can kind of be outsmarted, it, it does make its way, and so the Bulls and Raptors game has been postponed. It was supposed to be playing, be playing, be played right now. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of how we got here is on Thursday, Nick Nurse and five other coaches plus. Pascal Siakam uh, went into health and safety. Um, uh, and uh, From there, there has been a confirmed positive test. And with that, there has now been contact tracing and the Raptors did not meet the minimum eight-player threshold that they needed to go uh, forward to this game. So unfortunate. Um, obviously, we hope that they're, uh, they, they, they recover and that that is all good in that situation, but it's tough, right? Like, I I guess, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, but anyways, the Raptors, since we're on that topic, uh, recently, I don't know, since our last update, but they have been getting back into it. They're in fourth place uh, right now. They are 17 and 17 as of today. So they're not uh, overwhelmingly, yeah. Yeah, 500 win percentage. So the, the the weird thing here is the East is so mediocre this year that the 17 and 17 record has them in fourth place or tied for fourth place. So they're they're five games back at first, which is you know significant, but but not impossible. And they're 
four games back from second, third, sorry. So the top three teams, which are Philly, Brooklyn, and, and Milwaukee, all kind of have, I don't know, this like upper step on the East this year. And then the rest of the East is just really mediocre, like from the Raptors fourth place to the, let's say the Cavaliers, there's only four games and the Cavs are in 14th place. So between fourth and 14th, there's only four games separating them, but that's the same amount of games separating the Raptors and third place. So um, they got to really kind of go through these next couple of games, making sure they're, they're going the right way. Right. Um, yeah. Not much to report on, like, especially with, with them missing the game today, they won their last game against Houston, but um, yeah, they're, they're looking much better. And if they can keep this up, that's, that's great news. Jacob, should we touch on the, uh, the Lowry trade watch situation? Um, yeah, let me touch on on All Star Game first, if you don't mind. Of course, um, of course, if please. And then and then we'll, yeah. So, as most of you guys know, in the past two weeks, um, you saw the All Star starters, and now the All Star reserves came out. Um, yeah. So if you if you don't pay too much attention, I can just break it down to you for the Eastern Conference. The starters are going to be uh, Joel Embiid, uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, um, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and. I'm totally blanking on this last person, Simon. Um, Bradley Beal. That's who it is. Bradley Beal. And then in the West, the starting five is going to be LeBron, Kawhi. Um, man, LeBron, Kawhi, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, and Nikola Jokic. So there, there are more reserves um, we can talk about. But one thing I want to notice um, right off the bat is how is how these teams were made this year. Because in the past, it's usually you're on a winning team. Your best player is going to kind of be an all-star, right, Simon? And and unfortunately, the Raptors are didn't have a great start and they don't have any standout players. So no one, unfortunately, the Raptors is going to be in the all-star game for the first time in a really long time because we've had Lowry being there the past like seven years. Then we had Kawhi and Siakam, right? So, and Damar even, we've had, we've had, we've been pretty fortunate to have like one or two all-stars every year for the past six or seven years. Um, and now we kind of have to go back to reality and we have a bunch of pretty good players, but no all-stars at this point. And like Siakam and Van Vliet had, you know, outside chances. And I think Van Vliet being the most notable of the Raptors being, you know, snubbed in this case. I don't think he was quite snubbed, but there's just a lot of talent in the NBA right now. Right, Simon? And I think it's hard to say, oh, this guy got snubbed, but then who's he replacing, right? Everyone always says this person got snubbed, but then who's he replacing? Because the guy he's supposed to be replacing is averaging the same amount of points, right? So there's a lot of, I have issues with it. And I, there's definitely amendments I would, I would make to this, this all-star roster this year. Um, first and foremost, Anthony Davis should not be an all-star. Um, I'll say that right off the bat. Anthony Davis is having a down year. He's injured right now. And for some reason, he gets to be a reserve. But sure, the Lakers are in second. Give them give them two All-Stars. And I think Anthony Davis could pretty much show up to the gym and, you know, still be an All-Star with kind of the media attention the Lakers get. Whereas a player like, let's say, Christian Wood for on the war, on the Rockets right now, averaging pretty much identical numbers, um, not, not in the talk. So that stuff bothers me a little bit when you see, like, the bigger market guys just getting spots pretty automatically. And people are going to say, Oh, Brooklyn has three spots. Well, they all deserve their spots. Okay. So maybe Harden should be starting instead of Irving. This is not bias. This is just a fact, but yeah, I overall, like, I just feel like there's a trend a, a little bit favoring that the more, um, you know, big market teams and, it comes directly down on a guy like DeMar DeRozan, who's on a team that's 17 and 12 right now, Simon, fifth place in the, in the West, and and DeMar's averaging good numbers. Um, I can just pull them up really quick. DeMar, again, on the on the team that's average, on, on the team that's fifth in the West, 17 and 12, Simon, 17 and 12, fifth place. And DeMar DeRozan, their best player, is not even like, he was barely even talked about, I got to be honest, like, no one even mentions his name when they're talking about like all-star potential starters, or maybe he's not start enough, but like he's averaging 20.3 points a game, seven assists per game and five rebounds per game. Like, 
I don't know, Simon, Chris Paul's an all-star on worse numbers than that. So, so do you anyway, think, sorry to uh, keep going there a little bit. Do you think if the Raptors got off to a little bit of a hotter start, you know, Fred Van Vliet may be an all-star. I think the way you were like, the way you said like, okay, if they're getting snubbed, who are they replacing? It's a really, really smart kind of mindset to have. But if mm-hmm. the Raptors and like try and put your rap, uh, you know, Toronto fan bias aside here, like if the Raptors got off to a little bit of a higher start, do you think there would have been a little bit more um, traction behind the possibility of Fred Van Vliet going to the All-Star game? Like, what do you think there? Yeah, I, I think so. Like, you'd have to consider him or or Siakam because, as I mentioned, I think in an earlier episode, Van Vliet's numbers are 20 points per game, 6.6 assists, and 4.5 rebounds per game, which are good numbers, but, like, they don't stand out. But if he's on a top team, then you kind of have to look at a guy like this, right? Where, on the other hand, um, Siakam is actually averaging 20.1 points per game with 5 assists per game and 7.5 rebounds per game. So they're, like because of his terrible start and his bubble play, Siakam's been like blackballed right now by the league and, and essentially everyone kind of hating on him and, and because he had a bad bubble and a tough start to the season. But since then he's, he's come around and he's, he's a good player right now. Like him and Fred are a really steady duo, 40 points per night from them and a solid amount of assists, solid amount of rebounds. So, yeah. Again, the Raptors bias is going to have you here, but, to be quite honest, I don't know if if their numbers are good enough to to crack the All Star this year. Like even a guy like Samantha Sabonis on on Indiana, who's who's been having a great season, twenty two points per game, like ten rebounds per game, five assists per game. Um, he's been pretty much saved by Kevin Durant's injury. He wasn't going to be an All Star, and yeah, but a team like Philadelphia, Ben Simmons, he's averaging like thirteen points per game, but then like eight and eight, and he's considered a, an All Star. So, anyways. That's a bit of a, yeah, it's a, it's not a, a slow subject for me to get into. Cause I just, I'm bothered by a lot of that stuff, Simon, but that'll be fun to watch March 7th, everything going down. That's that's next weekend. Yeah, man. Time, time is weird. Time is weird. I, uh, that's next it, was, weekend. it was actually a year ago today. It was actually the 29th, but since there's no 29 um like there's no february 29 this year um i like was at a leafs game a year ago like today jacob i was literally watching austin matthews snip uh a year ago and it just yeah it's crazy to me all all that people go train union station mm. public bathrooms what i wouldn't give to have like oh oh just like a a go train packed full of Leafs fans or Raptors fans or Jays fans, man. Just like that, like concourse that your concourse, you're just trying mm. to trying to get get through, and all and the then suits. finally, like the train, oh. the train you're looking for, the track finally appears on the board, and you're like, pulls up, everyone just rushes there at oh. the same time. You Jacob, know, stop. you're not getting stop a seat. it. You're getting me too excited here. Um, no, let's before we move on to the Raptors, we do we should talk about Kyle Lowry, right? Yeah, um yeah. so there was some speculation that Ty, uh Larry wanted out came up this week. Um Philadelphia was brought up as kind of the the most talked about destination and the sorts of these these rumors weren't really confirmed or there there didn't seem to no, have but- much merit. No, Lowry's is it Hazel May? Because then, yeah, there's no merit. We can't trust Hazel May anymore. She (laughs) bombed that like mediocre signing, and all credibility (laughs) is gone. I just still can't believe that. I think I have her muted or blocked on Twitter. I can't trust you anymore, Hazel May. Um, you can't break it. Lowry's uh, Lowry's agent went on to um, some radio station, and I, I apologize for not knowing that name, but Lowry's agent said there's no merit. We didn't say this, this isn't true. Lowry doesn't want out. He wants to continue, you know, building the Raptors and getting the Raptors win. Everything that an agent needs to say in this situation. So I don't think we need to be giving any like bonus points or saying, oh, you, you, I, this is what an agent would say in this situation. But Jacob, do, A, do you think Lowry does want out? Um, 
right? Like it could be very well that the agent actually leaked the, this information to the, to the media and try to get that, you know, talked about. But anyways, A, do you think uh, the, the, the he wants out? B, um, if you were the Raptors, would you trade him now so that you can at least get him for something versus just him signing in free agency this summer and, and see what's just your reaction and your emotions to this whole situation? I don't think this is like a simple answer to be quite honest with you. Like a lot of people will say, Oh, it's Kyle Lowry. Just keep him to the end of the days. And it's not that simple. Like teams have needs. Players have needs. Um, well, there's we also a group if, of, like, there's also a group of Raptors who are on the opposite of you saying, we'll let him go. It, he, you know, he's done so much for yeah, this organization. No, 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 for sure. Like it's weird. It's weird. It's weird to me. So yeah, like I said, it's not simple. Like there's Kyle Lowry's going to have, wants and needs and the team's going to have wants and needs and depending on the direction of this team after this this offseason because i don't quite honestly see us contending this year like maybe we'll 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 win a round or two but um hey that, like let's be quite honest with ourselves we're not beating brooklyn or or philadelphia or la or or utah even this year so let's just let's just say maybe this isn't our year does this mean that lowry is going to be sold for parts right is he going to like you said philadelphia because Philadelphia is, is contending uh, supposedly this year as their first in the East. And they don't really have a strong point guard right now. Like Ben Simmons plays every position. Yeah. He's a point guard, but like on the floor is, is like, they could absolutely use someone like Kyle Lowry hundred percent. And are they willing to give up a couple of their young guys to win this year? I'm sure they would. So um, potentially that could be an option. And, but then it comes down to like, Simon, are, are the Raptors willing to part ways with their greatest player of all time? The, the, Kyle Lowry is without a the greatest Raptor of all time. One of the best sports personalities Toronto has seen in a long time. So it really just comes down to is, is are we able to part with him? Even if it's like, it's, it's before his retirement. Cause a lot of people, again, as I said, say Kyle Lowry needs to stay here to retirement. He's a Raptor for life. And it's like Roy holiday went to the, the, the Phillies when he was kind of at the end of his career and he got the chance to win a, a championship, like, like, if we're going to like, it's not like we're going to leave bad terms on Lowry. I just, I don't want to see him go Simon, but I think if it makes sense, it makes sense. Right. And it's business and Masai, 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 business, Ma- yeah. Masai makes deals as we know with the, you know, DeRozan trade. Like if it, if it's going to benefit the team, he's going to pull the trigger. I just hope, um, being again, that, that Toronto fan and bringing a little bit of, a set sentiment to the situation. I, I do hope that Lowry has another chance to hear SBA yell again and go nuts for him. Mm-hmm. I, I I do hope there's mm-hmm. that uh, moment. Um, but in the, in the flip side, I just know that if if Lowry ever did leave, and you probably like there's there there there's a chance that he does and and goes to another team. I know that. Mm-hmm his first game back with fans is just going to be unreal. Whether that be the return, like, you know, yeah. I, I just oh. like that just chills. And I, I, like, I, I do hope that they, there is like a, one more chance for Lowry to, to have fans in, in Scotiabank. And um, yeah, I completely agree. Like greatest Raptor, Raptor of all time. And you know, that Jersey better be retired because he is, uh, he's been, he's been the Raptors identity since, for the like since we've since 2012 2013 right so but there, let me just give you this one stat real quick so basketball reference has this kind of um algorithm set up that measures a player's stats and experience and things like that to say how likely they are to be a hall of famer so just for an example um lebron james has a 1000 percent chance of being or 100 percent chance of being in the hall of fame similar to michael jordan to Kobe Bryant to Will Chamberlain, like all these legends have like literally a, a 100% chance, including uh, Chris Paul and Kevin Durant, according to basketball reference. But then if you look down, this list includes Kyle Lowry. He is in the top 100 most probable people of all time to be in the Hall of Fame, Simon. He is at an 86% chance of making the Hall of Fame. I think he's and I don't think in. that's, yeah, I, well, yeah, I'm just saying, like, let's remember Kyle Lowry for this Hall of Fame career he's putting together. You know, I mean, don't don't try and hold on to to him just just kind of because just remember what he like did for for the city of Toronto, for the Raptors, for for you know 
it was, it was everyone loved him. Uh, I'd be really sad to see him go, but let's not like just take advantage of or forget the things he's done. It's like he gave us a lot. You know what I mean? I kind of make the connection and it's a little bit different because this player didn't bring a championship home, but I almost kind of make the connection to Joe Thornton coming to Toronto. Um, obviously he like Thornton meant a lot to that Sharks organization and he's played there for so, so long and, and just what he has meant to that team. Um, and so I, I, I you got to understand it. Right. And as a Toronto fan, you've, you've, you've seen players come home mostly in hockey. Um, mm-hmm. um, but you know, it's Lowry deserves to have the, or like he deserves, like he's put the time in, he's, done so much for this organization i do hope i do hope that he is able to do what he wants i guess is a great way to kind of finish this segment like whatever he wants i i think the organization should at least try but again we know Masai is uh all business when it comes to this type of stuff so it'll be interesting to yeah, kind of see mean, what happens and as the trade deadline kind of comes a little bit closer we'll see if there are any moves and such like that he's yeah, only 34 I, to be fair like like I don't know if he's going to retire in the next two years. He's 34, Simon. Um, and like, is it's crazy that on 34. Yeah, he's like 16, 17, 18 points per game, still averaging like seven, eight assists per game. So he's still playing at a decently high level. Man, he's good. So, Jacob, how happy were you? At, what, what time was first pitch? 107? What was it today? Yeah, it was one. It was 107. And, yeah, it's just, it's just so refreshing. Like it's not only like baseball starting again, Simon, but it's like springtime's coming, summertime's just over the horizon, and baseball. Like I don't know, I don't know. This is just for me, but baseball just like, it incites this like excitement for a whole new season, a whole new like, like season in terms of you know, um, calendar year type of thing. It's they looked great today, and I know they they didn't really. It's a spring training game, Jacob. It's it's not a big deal, but they still looked good. Okay, it's it's exciting to see like guys you've never heard of get a chance and 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 get their at bats. And this guy, I forget his name, which is unfortunate, kind of defeats the whole purpose of what I was just about to say. But like a no name guy, I can't remember his name, hit a double and a home run in his first appearance against the New York Yankees. Like that's got to be a great feeling. And then you see Simeon in and Jay's colors for the first time. You see Vlad in quote-unquote better shape (laughs) um yeah it's just a new it's a new season it's like a new era for the jays right it's it's springer season like let's let's get going and i'm sure he'll he'll play either tomorrow or the day after coming up soon and can't wait for that cannot wait for george springer's first game so i was a little bit caught off guard um with him not playing today and based on the response of the announcers and yourself has led me to believe that uh, vets or just that caliber of player can kind of just choose when they do want to play, when they don't want to play. That's interesting to me. That's not really a thing in, in hockey. Can you further you know, talk about that? Or is that kind of just a thing in baseball where it's spring training and it's just kind of like, eh. Spring training is like, first and foremost for the fringe guys, right? Like, cause you know, I like George Springer just signed a $150 million deal is not needing to prove himself in any way. So it's the guys that are like kind of on the cusp that you want to see play the most as, as a manager. And yeah, you want to see your guys get reps, get used to pitching to live hitters or hitting against live pitching. So you're going to get your guys in there for sure. But at the end of the day, you're like, you're mostly judging the people that are kind of on the cusp, the people that may like may break camp as, as major leaguers. So, yeah, it's it's not a big deal at all that he didn't play. It's it's probably just him saying, I'll play tomorrow, or the manager, Charlie Montoya, and all his infinite wisdom saying, Hey, um, George, you're gonna play these games and just so you're you know rested and but still getting a good amount of like well, for example, like Aaron Judge played today, but he had like two at bats. So it's it's yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. really just the time to see the guys that don't get a chance to show themselves, right? So it's just kind of an exaggerated like training camp in terms of like NHL, right? Where it's like you're just yeah, trying to see the the differences between the minor leagues and the major leagues and just that. Yeah, and stuff. it's literally like a month long, right? Pretty much because we go to the end of March for spring training. So there's like, and you know, baseball, they play pretty much every day. So they're going to have ample time to get 
George Springer in the mix. They're going to have time to watch everyone they need to watch. So it's pretty much just what the coaching wants to see at this point. It's, it's just a bunch of exhibition games, seeing what they're looking like this season. All right. Fun fact, though. Blue Jays uh, baseball is back. What's this uh, fun fact? Never mind. I'll just, I'll just, it'll, we'll save it for another one. It's All not right, that fun. Yeah. Uh, keep the listeners uh, intrigued. I like it. Yeah. You know, guys, this means you have to come back to hear what my fun <laughs> fact is. Um, uh, but Simon, <laughs> um, yeah. How are the Leafs looking? Elite. Jacob, we are still uh, we're still first in the league, um, both in terms of points and points percentage. Which, as games continue to be canceled more in the non-Canadian division or like in the other divisions other than the North, that seems to be how like playoffs and standings are probably going to be determined, just because of like games canceled and stuff like that. But yeah, we are currently 16, 4, and 2 um, with a, a safe percentage. We have percentage. four regulation losses, eh? Yeah, it's it's unreal, man. Saving them all for the uh, postseason. Like we're at a 7 point. <laughs> we're at a 7 point, uh, 0.773 uh, percentage right now. And I, I, I just want to quickly touch on a couple of things, uh, Jacob. Um, so Austin Matthews it has a rest injury. And apparently he's been dealing with that uh, for this entire season, which is absurd. If he's scoring like the way that he's scoring injured, that's dangerous. Um, And so he uh, didn't play yesterday. He skated this morning, but he didn't take uh, line rushes. So it it appears that he will maybe it's, it's a game time decision tomorrow. According to Keith, I'm not really too fussed. If he doesn't play, it is a shortened season. Like, obviously I want him to get, just just pour on goals but like do i really care if he misses a couple games right now no nurse this get ready um but hey man like we looked good even without matthews like it's kind of funny that you know a team with Tavares, Mar- marner and elander would be good who knew um uh we won we shot out uh mcdaddy and uh and and, and dry settle uh they would make mcdavid was minus three yesterday which was not very good. He got absolutely just deked by uh, Zach Hyman on that last goal. But two things. So Freddie's injured, Jacob, and I, these these are this is a dialogue here. Two two things. I want to talk. I want to talk goalies for a second. So Freddie's injured. I skated today. Um, who is starting tomorrow? That isn't to be decided yet. According to Keith, how was that a question? I know no, how it's not yet. It's not yet. Yeah, it's not yet. I'm just giving you context because you wouldn't know this. No, no. I mean, like, how is that? I'm just asking, like, the Leafs. How is that a question? Like, oh. whether it should be Campbell or Hutchinson? Be- no, it's Campbell or Anderson now. I thought he said he was day to day. That's no, but like, he's like back. He could be back tomorrow, is what I'm saying. Oh, like, so he could be back. He could oh, be back. Okay. He could be back. Um, yeah, obviously, if Hutchinson's a question, it's Campbell. Um, sorry. Um, so it's so it's Anderson Campbell. Anderson practiced today. Um, so um, let's say Anderson's good to go, okay? And he plays bad. Is it a one A one B type of situation, or do you continue to put Fred in until you get him going? Like Campbell's good. He's he's he had a he had his fourth NHL shutout last night. He didn't have any like high danger like like blockbuster or crazy saves, but he saw it. He looked good. He positionally he he had a very very good game. Freddie has been hit or miss. You know it's it looks great or, or it could be bad. So let's say he comes back tomorrow and he just just gets lit up. If you're Keith, what do you do? Um, yeah. So if, if Anderson plays bad, so I mean, can you remind me what we're paying Anderson a year? Five something. Are we actually, I thought it was much lower. Um, okay. And Campbell's obviously like an entry level kind of, no, not entry level. Not entry, but like I, a, um, sorry. That's cool. Anyways, what I was going to say, um, pretty much if, if you're not paying that much, for Anderson, 
Because um, if this was like a Carey Price situation and he's not playing well, but his backup's playing really well, you're still going to go with Carey Price because you're paying Carey Price so much money and you don't want that much money to sit on the bench. Um, but in this case, if say they're getting paid in the same range and they're both playing like well, but then no one's like um, showing themselves to be the number one goalie, I think you absolutely go 1A, 1B and just kind of play who's hot, who's not. And in that case, like every goalie is coming out and saying, I got much to prove this game. I play well, I can, I can keep this title, but I, I'm not playing the next game if I let in four goals. So I think that's like a, it's probably a good thing for Freddie to experience as well. Cause if he's just going to be number one and that's what they're going to tell him, then he might have a lot of off games, but not think too much about it. Whereas if he's competing for the spot, he might have to, you know, he might feel the pressure, might feel the heat. And I don't know, who knows, maybe, maybe he'll start playing a little better. I don't know. I don't know what his motivations are, but five mil for me, I would, if, Five mil. Okay. And did you say what Campbell's was too? Okay. So, um, but yeah, like if, if you're paying him five mil. 1.6. Yeah. So that's, that's actually a pretty big disconnect. Um, that makes it a little tougher to be quite honest, but I could still see a team that spends this much money saying like, okay, well, if you're not playing, we're going to put the guy in that who's making six point one point six. So, mm-hmm. It's tough. Yeah, it is tough. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see kind of what happens down the road with games coming so hot. And like Freddie's a good goalie Mm -hmm. from all accounts. Come playoffs, Simon, you need you need a goalie. You know what I mean? And Freddie hasn't been that that person, right? Like, listen, there are a lot of and I hate going back to the Mickey Mouse bubble playoffs. Um. Freddie, Freddie needed to make a couple saves there. Like, listen, our, our defense was a joke and um, we didn't play good, but like Freddie's just been notorious to break down. So it'll be interesting. I think that's going to be an, a fun narrative. And we also got to keep in the back of the mind that this is a contract year, right? Like he is up this year. I There's a decent chance that they just say bye-bye Freddie and Campbell's our starter next year. He's never been that. He's never been that before. He's never been a starter. Um, it'll be. It'll then be- maybe. Then maybe something in that case. If if this is like kind of Dubis's vision not to sign Freddie, you you split their time and you say is Campbell capable of, of being yeah, a full time starting it? goalie? So, so many elements. Eh, this is especially just so with fun. the cap, especially with the cap hit being flat, too. Yeah. Right, like the biggest priority this off season is signing Zach Hyman Pre- like preferably after the entry level or sorry, after the expansion draft so that they don't have to protect him. Um, But yeah, you're, you're completely right that there is a lot of different elements to what to do with, with, with our goaltending situation, but Hey, th- this is a good problem to have right now like the Leafs have been longing for a, a, t- a goalie tandem that has been reputable these past two years we've had Michael Hutchinson as our two it's kind of fun to have not a only good number two a good a good number two but like a really really likable number two mm-hmm. like I don't know if you saw the highlights last night like the players were just absolutely like jacked that Campbell got a shutter. Like it, it just looks like he's a nice guy. His like he just seems like a really, really positive guy. Cool. Next question that I have for you, Jacob, regarding the Leafs. And I think you'll find this interesting. And I think maybe you and I will have differentiating opinions. And it's, it's what's great about Six Pod. So right out of the gate, the Leafs power play was just electric. Um Maholtra came in hot, said. We're splitting. We're having two strong power plays. We're going to put Matthews and Thornton and Simmons, or yeah, Simmons and 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 Riley on on one. We're going to put uh, Tavares. Um, no, Nylander would be on second. Marner would be on first, and whatever. So there, there was two equal power plays. But as of late, it's not been very very good. Not only has there been some injuries, but the Leafs went uh, a combined 0 for 11 on that power play in two games. This week. And that's not good. When you not good at all. And like 
when I say like not good, like it wasn't good. Like they couldn't even like penetrate that. Like they couldn't even get set up. Like it was just very disorganized. So Jacob, if you're Keith, do you load up or do you try and have two so that you're taking advantage of the second penalty kill? Like what would you do with the roster, with the Leafs or that has the tools that the Leafs have at their disposal? Okay. Um, I have to ask then what what's been the best producing power play team this year, like in the NHL? We are up there. Um, okay. Um, let me just check because I was going to say something based on on that um, in terms of you know the Oilers and their power play. If I'm if I'm correct, I mean I might they, not be, but Drysdale and McDavid play unreal. together, right? They're unreal. Yeah. So. Um, and that that's worked out pretty well for them, has it not? Like they they score. I'm when they play Toronto, I guess they they scored like every power play. I remember is McDavid to Drysaddle. Um, so according to Bodog on that line, according to Bodog, we have a thirty two point three five, which would be second in the league. Who's first? <laughs> Buffalo, but they've like <laughs> with a thirty two point seven six. Okay, well then, if we are second right now, even even after that 0-11 span, then maybe it's just something like kinks you need to get out of the system and, and get back to it. Because if that's been working and we're still second after having 0-11 in the past couple of games, then maybe we're just in a little bit of a dry spell, which happens, right? So maybe just keep with it. If, if you're pretty much the best team at the power play and at this point without, without making any changes, why make changes? This is tough without Matthews and now... Simmons. Well, how long is he going to be out for realistically? Matthews? Like, Simmons. Yeah. Day to day. I like it. Yeah, doesn't so he'll seem be back by hopefully. the end of the week. Mark my hopefully. words. He'll be back by the end of the week. Knock on wood. But if Matthews is back, that's really the only person you need on that power play as long as other people are able to feed him the puck or get yep. open. Um, but yeah, I definitely think I definitely think keep Tavares together with Nylander because they still got stuff to figure out together. Give them more time together. Give them more space together. Sorry, you said Tavares with Nylander? Is he not on the same power play he line? Is. You not say he is. That? He is. Yeah. He is. He is. It's just interesting yeah. that, that you say that because there's been this discourse recently that they should switch the pairs, not necessarily on the power play, but on regular lines when Matthews does come back, put Marner with Tavares, Nylander with Matthews. Again, we were talking about this last pod, or maybe it wasn't on the pod, and I was just during a phone call where we were talking about like, do we split up the dynamic duo that is Matthews Mar- that that is Matthews Marner to maybe take advantage of Tavares a little bit more and, and potentially get Nylander going too. So that, that anyways, that that that's interesting. But uh yeah, Leafs 16, 4 and 2. Um we're looking we're looking just, good. Simon, sorry, I just I just think that if Marner's and Matthews are playing at this such a high level right now, like they're top both top 10 in scoring right now. Why would you change that? It just doesn't make sense to me. And I think Tavares is a good enough player that he'll figure it out at some point this season. And if they're still 16 and four and two, Simon with Tavares not producing the way he used to produces, then Simon, we're fine. Why, why look to make more changes? You're such a calming voice. Like I can't think like this. And then maybe this is just the trauma that the Leafs have just caused me over the years, but your ability to think logically and critically and in a sound manner i applaud it um i envy it and i wish that i had that um that skill but i don't and i'm, I'm emotional um and i'm unstable so well i i have a little bit of a less um you know i have a little less of an investment in this leaves team than you do so it's a little easier to see investment what do you mean investment i'm 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 calm you're emotionally I'm- invested in this team <laughs> to a point that's disturbing but um, yeah, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't get me wrong, I love the Leafs, but I'm not really you're not obsessed break down if they lose again. So, <laughs> this might be the year, baby. Here we go. Um, this is a joke, you know, we'll get tossed first round like we usually do. <laughs> but let's talk about underperforming teams. Um, as past Jacob, I just want to stop for a sec, not like stop, stop, but like our transitions this podcast have been like 150. Like we've been like just swerving through topics, eh, bro? This is what happens as an experienced podcaster. You just learn things, you learn from them, and you get better. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. New topic. Bring it up here to the left. Let's go. Anyways, back at it. Uh, Canadians, Jacob. I 
just got to bring it back to one of our, one of our first, not first podcast, but our early podcast when I said, and I don't know if you remember this, when I said, listen, we need to pump the brakes on the Montreal Canadiens. I said that. And I said, why? And I, and I provide lots of reasons. And if people, if a lot of people listen to us, then they would disagree with me there. A lot of, a lot of experienced sportcasters thought that the moves uh, Mark Bergevin made oh, just the best he's ever done. And that the, the, this, this Montreal Canadiens now has a, a, a goalie tandem that allows price to get rest. Josh Anderson is going to be great. Um, Tyler Toffoli is, is great. He, they've got Nick Suzuki. This team is so soundly built. It's amazing. This was all before they even played a game. Start of the season. They had like a five-game homestand against the Vancouver Canucks, who are second worst in the league. And they're bad, especially in the beginning. And are they worse than Ottawa? No. No, that is a, Ottawa has a special place at the at the very at the at the very bottom, but the Canucks just beat up. Oh, sorry, the Canadians just beat up on the Canucks for five games, and just everyone lost it. Everyone thought this was just unreal. This team is deep. This team is skilled. This team is is hard to play against. This team is defensive minded. People were saying that this is how Stanley Cup champion teams are built because. They were playing against the Vancouver Canucks. Even Chris Johnston, who I respect and uh, value his opinions when it comes to sports, he actually was one of the first people that said Thornton's coming to Toronto. He says, and I quote, because this is just in my mind, the, the, the Canadians are a juggernaut. A juggernaut, Jacob, a juggernaut. Well, this so-called juggernaut has lost five of their last games. Carey Price is rocking an 888 save percentage. The league average right now, Jacob's a 917. Just to put that in perspective. What's what's Freddie's for more perspective? Um, I have that actually right here. Because if we're if we're taking all these shots at Freddie, is he better than Price at this point? Yes, yes, yes. Like... He 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 has a higher uh, at that level. So our our you know it's justified. Give me one second. All right, but yeah, just talking about the Canadians. Um, I'm sure you'll bring this up in a bit. Uh, sorry, I'm not sure you're bring this up in a bit. Sorry, I was I was gonna say was I'll bring this up in a little bit when the Canadians and the Leafs are playing playoff series against each other and the Canadians are up three, one. And then I'm so, going to bring this up again. So bring it up, bring up. Cause I don't think it's going to happen. I don't, I don't, I'm going to take, I'm going to go take here. I don't think the Canadians are going to make the playoffs. You don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Who's nope. the third best Canadian team then? Winnipeg. Edmonton? Nope. No, Winnipeg. I, I, I would say it's Leafs, Can, uh, Leafs, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Oh, maybe the I thought Flames Winnipeg get was going to be second. Maybe the Flames get hot. Hmm. Nice. Listen, man. It, listen, if you're paying, if you, if you're losing, and you're having a, a goaltender who has an eight eight, Freddie has a has a nine point nine point oh five, which isn't great, but it's not eight eight, and I'm not paying Freddie Anderson ten point five million dollars. That's the that's the big but what difference. What if Kerry turns it around? What if what if Price turns it around? Are the Canadians good again? Are they a juggernaut again? I, I don't. I they don't have any elite talent, and this was the problem. It's okay, you got Nick Suzuki. That's that's cool. Okay, put him with Anderson. Who's your who's your uh, who's who's your uh, second line? Dano. He hasn't scored in a year, and like that is true. It's been a year since he scored a goal. Like he scored a goal in tw- like February twenty eighth, twenty twenty. It's been a calendar year. How do you know contending that teams, about Jacob? A random. Because I just I know these things. Contending <laughs> teams don't fire their goalie. I'm sorry, don't fire their coach. I mean, they should fire their goalie. They don't fire their coach. Juggernaut. 
Jacob, jugger, not. And so, not. Not. Ooh. Mm, that's Ooh. a pod title. That's a pod title. That's the pod name. That's an episode name. Um, Jacob, I, I just, it brings me joy that, um, that this is happening to this team because this is what I think Leafs fans were like five years ago when we got Nylander Matthews. We thought we were just unreal, but here we are. They've lost their last five. They 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 don't look good. Um, and it's fun. I like it. And uh, maybe my take's good. That would be uh, that'd be kind of cool if the if the Canadians, excuse me, didn't even make the playoffs. You know who's gonna be? We got a couple takes that have come over. Go ahead. You know who's gonna be really fun to watch? Tim Stutzel. You talking about a team? No. Who? Mm, go sense. Like, like Brady Kachuk and and Stutzel are are gonna be a fun little dynamic duo. He's going to be Just bring great. back Eric Carlson. <laughs> um, Fix his problems. Man, I said this. Um, I said this. If they didn't have absolutely awful goaltending for the first couple of games, maybe they're not dead last. Maybe. But anyways, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, Simon, we've had a lot of takes or, or moments on this pod over the past couple months where one of us says something with so much certainty. And I think we're going to start approaching a time where some of those takes either you know happen or we look like fools so i'm excited for a lot of these takes to play out you know especially people were making fun of me for for saying brooklyn was going to be a top three seed in the uh in the east simon and let's take a quick look at the standings brooklyn's in second only a half game back of first and i think when we made these uh proclamations if you will mm-hmm. We didn't really think that they would uh, come. Like, I, I kind of just put it in the distance, right? Like, I didn't really think uh, mm. they would be here. Uh, but here we are. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, listen, I'm not trying to trying to toot my own horn here, but I said Canadians are not, are not as good as everyone is saying that they are. I mean, there is time, and I think you need to relax on this take a little bit because I, I just know... It's. I just know, Simon. They're gonna come back and do something. So we'll do a little one really? one take here. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Listen, they fired their coach this past week, so they're not doing too great. So they could turn it around. We'll see. What if it was the issue? No, clearly it wasn't because their first two games of on this new coach have they've lost. So it's called an adjustment period. Yeah. Okay. The Leafs didn't get that, but yeah, sounds good. Sure, Canadians get an adjustment period. Perfect. all right guys thanks for thanks for tuning in and um let us know any questions any takes you want to hear appreciate you staying this long if you stayed this long and we'll see you next week